Zombie Game Club, the podcast that's like a book club, but for video games. I'm Dan, the biggest, baddest podcaster on Block G. I'm Catherine, the hapless minimum security prisoner. And I'm Charles, unnecessarily cruel prison guard. Welcome to episode 12. This week, we played Prison Architect. Catherine, do you want to give us a brief overview of what Prison Architect is? So Prison Architect is a top-down kind of resource management game. Uh, You have to build and run your own private prison. Um, I assume set in the US because of various kind of cues, but you know, it's, it's pretty non-specific. You have little prisoners that run around, you control the guards, you hire staff, and of course you stop them from escaping, which is kind of the main goal of the game, along with sometimes killing them. Um, <laughs> and you abuse their human rights. That's the important yes. one. That's my favorite yep, part. Yeah, Definitely. Um, It's published by Introversion Software. It was originally released on the 6th of October 2015. However, it did have a very, very long alpha that kind of um, led the charge of being one of the first games to have that kind of alpha where it took feedback from the players. And I want to give a very special welcome back to Catherine. You're back. We missed you last week. Yay! Yes, yes. No, um, I'm very happy to be back Um, and, you know, very happy that we chose this game as it's... um, it's addicted me, so <laughs> I have a lot to say. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we'll get to uh, your thoughts and feelings on Prison Architect after we get through our Nerd Week. Uh, Charles, you're up first. What'd you do this week in your Nerd Week? I did so much stuff. Uh, there was a lot of nerding going on. Uh, a big one for me uh, is that I'm so I'm part of uh, Wargaming Association where I help organize tournaments. Now, chiefly, we've done this in Queensland, in Brisbane and Townsville, but we're now expanding south. So one of the guys who has a lot of the terrain is moving south. Uh, he's moving to Wagga. So convenient. Uh, so I'm going to have access so to a lot of that. literally has the terrain. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the terrain. The terrain's the biggie. So, yeah. But I've also reached yeah. out to a local Melbourne terrain company called Knights of Dice, which do, I think, probably the best MDF terrain in Australia, which is super exciting. Uh, their stuff is amazing and really unique. Uh, and certainly, if anyone listening is interested in terrain, they should check out Knights of Dice. Anyway, I reached out to them. Uh, and they've supported us in the past with because we raise money for Soldier On. So they got on board and gave us a bunch of stuff for our charity um, things, raffles that we run. Anyway, I reached out to them and they've provided a couple of free bundles of terrain worth uh, about $500 to help get me started. Uh, in, yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, starting up a Melbourne cell of wargaming. Uh, so I'm going to start it out of the garage to start with uh, and then expand. I'm going to hit up a local shop for gaming space and just just crack on and build some tables. It's, gonna, it's really yeah, exciting. Yeah, nice. Yeah. And have you told Emma about the garage? Yeah. <laughs> so I brought, <laughs> I, uh, I brought up the garage thing and she's like, no. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, but <laughs> have you considered your garage being a full gaming man den? Still not that impressed. So, you know, I'm working on it. Uh, yeah, okay. I think I've come to a compromise. I think it's because she wants to use it to park her car, which seems unreasonable. Mm, Fair uh, as yeah. As a garage, <laughs> right? See the logic, madness. So I think the compromise will be tables, right? Stick with me. That withdraw mm-hmm. up to the walls that I can then flick down using hinges, God. Uh, and then I can flick them up, and she can park her car, or I can flick them down when the car's not in there, and my car will stay out on the street. 
because see, I know can... how this is going to end. Yep. This is going to end. She gets home. It's been a long day, <laughs> and there's just this tiny help, <laughs> just this tiny little voice, and she looks over, and you've trapped yourself in one of the tables. The hinge is flipped <laughs> up. It's caught you with it, and you've been there for hours. <laughs> That's what I see happening very clearly. No, see, I see, I see Emma driving home, opening the garage door, and then the table's being down. And Just her going, driving through. What, the, what the hell, Charles? And you go, well, we had to call it short in the last game. Like right. this, it's, we're in the middle of a battle. We can't, we can't Seems disassemble legit. the area. Yep. Um, and her just not giving a fuck and flooring it. <laughs> yeah. Both of those are likely I like either of them. Yeah. yeah. Either way, she goes away for two weeks soon. So jokes on her. I'm just going to do whatever I want, and we'll oh, see God. what happens when she comes back. So you're going to be a party. Listen to the podcast. <laughs> I think no, she sick. doesn't. She's never listened. She hates everything I do. So, <laughs> jokes on her. Brilliant. Yep. So, Catherine, you're going to help. Uh, you're going to be in charge of the circular saw. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Yep. Well, that's this is your own fault <laughs> for a lot of reasons. <laughs> so, that's that. So, that's really exciting. Uh, other stuff I've been doing. I got a new mobile phone, finally. My camera didn't work on my last one for about six months. So, I got the S8, uh, which is mm. a very nice phone. And, of course, it also comes with, if you paid a little bit extra, the Samsung Gear, uh, the like really simple VR headset. Uh, so I've been playing around with that and I'm, I'm finally part of the VR community, if not the really sad one for like poses. But you mm. know what? That's all right. I did notice you friended me on Oculus and that's how I knew. That's how I knew you had a, <laughs> had a VR thing finally. Mm-hmm. That's how it goes down. Uh, yeah. The friending, it gives away everything. So yeah, so I've been playing a few little VR games on that. Uh, my board game development goes swimmingly. I've pretty much redesigned the whole board game after a bunch of playtesting. Um, mm-hmm. Just small things, but I think things that really improve the uh, the gameplay. So I'm printing that out soon and I've got little, little sleeves for it all and it's going to be super professional. So that's very exciting and you two are going to be playing that in no time Brilliant. it's good it's really good Gavin. Cool. it's good Fun. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh and then i had my 30th birthday so i got some cool nerd presents for that uh the most exciting of which of course was the nerd group present that Catherine organized which is a star wars photo shoot with me dressed as darth vader in a full darth vader costume uh and izzy my daughter dressed as leia uh and it's going to be the most adorable thing that's happened ever yeah yeah. Yep. <laughs> so that's amazing and exciting. And I'll probably do that in October. And lastly, lastly was I did a bit of a Destiny, Star Wars Destiny card game trade, and I got a couple of sweet Han Solos. Cheap. Mm. Does that impress you, Captain? <laughs> so you screwed some like child out of the fancy cards. <laughs> yeah, he was like eight. And I'm like, give them to me or I'll beat No, that's not what happened. Uh, no, no, no. You don't just, you don't threaten to beat them up. You just battle them, cheat, mm. and then you say, oh, didn't you know the rules are I get your cards if you lose? Yeah, something about a white <laughs> dragon was involved. I don't know. Got got pretty deep. That's every episode of Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Get yeah on board, I, I didn't get the reference. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah sorry. Fake nerd. I'm sorry. I've got a cough. Uh. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah it's, it's, and, it's pretty painful. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my nerd week. So it was huge and hectic, uh, and I've had a great time. Dan, tell cool. us about your nerd week. So my nerd week is um, not as exciting as all of that as Charles's. Um, I had to, well, I had to babysit for my sister's kids. And by had to, I volunteered. Uh, <laughs> is it amateurly volunteering? For no. kids. Uh, she has the same birthday as Charles. So this was mm-hmm. my birthday present uh, to her and my nieces and nephews. So um, my Emma and I went round to babysit for these four kids for the weekend. So, of four. course, the best. Wow, that's a lot of kids. That's very that brave. Is a, lot of that's a lot of children. Yeah, wow. 
the two boys are pretty comfortable playing, you know, playing Xbox, and we brought the Wii U around, uh, so it was fun to play those family games. Uh, and the, the sort of two and a half year old um, is competent enough to hold an iPad, so that works. You give her the Wii U, and she just mashes it, trying to pop all the bubbles or create platforms to maybe help her brothers in real terms though ends up blocking them and killing them um <laughs> so it was a really good fun fun time uh played dnd over there as well uh tried to get the boys involved but they just wanted to play destiny and and yoshi and super mario uh really not interested <laughs> in playing board games that require reading and or maths no uh, one's surprised that's because dnd boring dan shh <laughs> Don't break his heart, Charles. Don't break yeah. his heart. Uh, and apart from that, being getting back into Guild Wars 2, as uh, there's a new expansion coming out soon, and it's a bit of a fun game to play while you do something uh, when we're not Else. playing Prison Architects. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Catherine, I would um, love to hear what you have a whole month of Word Nerd Weekend. I do. We I do. I was just looking through my diary because apparently I forget things as soon as they happen. <laughs> uh, so I went to. Um, I've had lots of work on. I flew to Canberra for um, a friend's 30th birthday, so it's just 30th season. Um, I also then flew to Sydney for some awards this weekend. Um, I wasn't nominated, but it was a, a really nice night. Um, did you, so did you get up when they called out awards and be like, I should have won this award. It was me. I was better than all of this. No, I was just quietly drinking and gossiping. Okay, <laughs> and sending fair. Snapchats. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, incorrectly um, hashtagging. Yes, apparently. Humiliating myself with the hashtags. Um, <laughs> so I uh, went to a VR session at MIF, which was really interesting. I think it actually used your phone, Charles. So it had um, yeah, right. it had the little the little full headsets and and um, and headphones. The, did they, the films, did they steal my phone while I wasn't paying attention? Yeah, I'm really curious yes. about your work. Yes, they did. <laughs> um, they had your model of phone. They have set up for um, you, so you know good. kind of big VR room. Yeah. You, you really you really told me. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, they were just short films. It was interesting because obviously most of my VR experience has been with games, which are, you know, interactive by their very nature and, and um, have a very different format. And these were just short films that kind of took different attitudes to it. Like some of them you were on rails and you were moving around. Some of them you were in one spot, you'd look around, then you would teleport and be in another spot. Some were live action, some were generated. Um, so it was just, yeah, it was really interesting to see where the field was going. And um, like, to be honest, most of them were pretty basic. I liked one or two, but a lot were just, look, look at this cool technology. Um, but I think, you know, a few years from now, we'll be seeing some really interesting narratives, but everyone's just kind of playing with the tech at the moment. Um, I also went to a thing called Deep Space Puzzle Room, which um, is based in Melbourne. Um, I thought it was actually a VR experience, but it was closer to um, like an escape room. Uh, it was a little bit different. You were basically on a spaceship. Um, I did it with three friends. Is this um, the one Josh talked about? Last oh week? Yeah, 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 yeah. So okay, that yeah. that'd be the same one. Yeah. <laughs> so what was what was your thoughts? Because Josh is obviously an escape room like expert artist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I think it was frustrating that there was some options that apparently we could have chosen that we just kind of skipped over. Yeah, right. Um, also, the guy claimed that we weren't one of the fastest to do it, and I doubt oh. that very much. Oh, <laughs> he lied to you. <laughs> well, I, I don't think he, like, timed it, and it's like, 
There was a, that was a group of deeply competitive people. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like sex, right? If it wasn't the best, you still want them to tell you you're the best. Come exactly, on, exactly, exactly, and the and fastest. fastest? Yeah. <laughs> Correct. I want to achieve those two things at once. Yeah, yeah. We established somehow. on last last week's episode that there should be a badge system that you get, and so then you can uh, tr- challenge the elite four of escape rooms. Do you think you guys would? have a contention to be the elite four of escape rooms they would be i am not sure about me <laughs> yeah, okay. so you're a hanger on uh bringing the yeah. team down is what you're saying yeah basically well no i i am more chaotic neutral in my choices it's my <laughs> no. big problem are they the superstar team and you're the the kid who's there as a bit of a birthday present or because they've been I, in hospital well, lately and they need a bit of cheer up <laughs> Not so much that. I'm more the team member where they were in a different room working on a puzzle and I opened something because I was curious. And then the computer was like, don't open that 50 times while I struggled to put it back on. <laughs> nice. So, that's more of my strategy. Um, yeah. As I said, I'm chaotic neutral. <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, no, I really, really enjoyed it. It was expensive. I would still recommend it. I thought it was really fun. I just thought it was wearing a VR headset. So it was very confusing for the first like 10 minutes. <laughs> Maybe like, where's my VR headset? And like, yep. there's no VR headset five minutes later, but where's my VR but headset? I want one. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's obviously confusing. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So that was my nerd week. Let's move on to the gaming news for the week. <gasps> Etc. News. Yes, news. <laughs> Josh did it last week and he did it really well. And in that instance, I'm like, I like him better than Catherine, but that's fine. Just that yeah. one? <laughs> yeah. Just, just that one instant. Yep, just yep. that part. The rest, you know, you're all right, I guess. Yeah. I'm going to kick off some gaming news you may have heard about at Gamescom, not to be confused with GameCon. You mean GenCon? Um, GenCon, or whatever it is Charles is going to talk about later. <laughs> uh, big big news coming out of gamescom kind of i mean look age of empires 4 a lot of people have a lot of really nice feelings about the age of empires franchise i'm one of them mm-hmm. but did we need a number four <laughs> yes <laughs> that's that's the Next answer question. Did, you play, did you play three much at all if, nope. if at all no no see i no. feel like all this just, nostalgia comes from age of empires 2, two, one and two. yeah yeah so i want them to remake age of empires 2 better for a modern audience well they also announced like the definitive edition which is i think some sort of hd remake of one two and three Ugh. and then announced four but then also didn't show any gameplay of four yeah no it's just a little people are losing thing. their minds on the internet yeah people need something to lose their minds over and it's Sure as shit, not going to be Farming Simulator on the Switch, which you will soon get to. Uh, so why not Age of Empires 4? Yeah, okay. Mm. <clears throat> so if you're excited about Age of Empires 4, um, good on you, I suppose. Let us know in tweet at me and tell me why I should be excited. Uh, I think the RTS genre has has come in leaps and bounds and not really sure if Age of Empires is going to be able to hold up today. Do Microsoft make good games anymore? Yeah, no, they don't. Uh, and the interesting thing of, about... Yeah, they're kind of semi-fund good games, I guess. Like, they have their indie incubators and things. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. The The RTS genre has kind of gotten a bit stale. So Company of Heroes, I think, was the last really good RTS game. And then, of course, Company of Heroes 2, whatever. Uh, there is a new exciting one coming out, though. Oh, I can't think of the name, but it, it's kind of... They've taken the world but Clearly, of, you're very excited. <laughs> very excited. The world of Scythe, it kind of looks like they've picked... This is a, a board game set in... 
kind of alternate World War One with big machine things. Uh, they've kind of lifted that, and whether they've actually used their IP or they've just stolen it, either way, I don't mind. Uh, and they're making a bit of an RTS out of that, which looks really interesting. But that's the only RTS game that I've seen in recent years that has even slightly interested me. Mm, right. The only other bit of Gamescom news that I found remotely interesting was seeing pictures of Angela Merkel playing Minecraft and Farming Simulator. <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know, she's the Prime Minister, I want to say, of Germany. Yeah. Oh, President. Yeah, right. I'm not sure. President, yeah. Or Chancellor. I don't know. <laughs> I think maybe she is the Chancellor. Yeah, no, this is no, not the right not the Chancellor. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it was just hilarious seeing, essentially, the head of state... Um, uh, playing video games on the game gaming floor, especially Farming Simulator, which is super popular in, in Europe. Uh, but I just can't get behind any of those truck simulators or anything like that. Their lives must be so dull. But... <laughs> she is the chancellor, chancellor of Germany. Is she? So, yeah. They, they kept that, the whole chancellor thing? Good for them. That It amuses me, but also I can see a lot of high-level politicians being very good at certain kinds of video games, like resource management games or building games. Like a certain type of person has gone into politics and slightly obsessive, slightly like a policy wonk. Like I can see some of them being very particular kinds of gamers. I feel like they're too busy uh, talking to each other about how great they are and they don't have time for games. No, no, I'm not saying that they do have time for games. Mm. I'm more like that if they had the chance, they would actually enjoy certain ones, even if they're not, traditional gamers that's more my i'm not saying they all secretly play minecraft in their offices <laughs> well <Busted>. they might <laughs> <laughs> they've got to do something right and apparently it's not leading the country so maybe we'll get a maybe we'll get a politician simulator from those same guys and it'll just be you sitting Lying. in your chair answering emails <laughs> crafting playing minecraft yep. PR, yeah playing minecraft within, your, within your office yeah <laughs> be like job simulator but for politicians hmm. I reckon there's there's a fun games in a political simulator. Like, you know, like journalists asking questions and you have all these options that all don't answer the question. And <laughs> They do exist. <laughs> they do exist. It's a game called Democracy. But I feel like it doesn't take the cynicism, cynicism uh, right. far enough. But it could. <laughs> Brilliant. All right, Catherine, what's, uh, what's your exciting news? So my exciting news is um, about reports coming out that the Skyrim VR port is an absolute dumpster fire of a game. Um, and that was that the phrase the article too. used. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's so visual, you know, like you just <laughs> get the sense I've been of... been hearing more and more of, dumpster fire. It seems like a very popular phrase. Yeah, it's very in the memes at the moment, you know. Um, and yeah, it's so at this weekend's QuakeCon, um, Bethesda showed off its first attempt at porting Skyrim to VR and it did not go well. Um, which I think, like, there's a couple of questions I have at this. Like, one is you clearly know that your game isn't in a in good <laughs> shape and you want to dispel the rumors that it's not in good shape. Like, showing YouTubers this was never going to go well. They must just sit in a room and then be like, okay, guys, our game's a piece of shit. Should we keep making it or should we scrap it? And then uh, someone I- pipes up. How are we going to make the most money out of this? And then they all I don't think to it's so much it. that. I think it's honestly that they probably, they're like, okay, well, the mobs aren't quite working yet, but we think this is going well. And I think you just lose all perspective. And then someone mm. that comes in from the outside that isn't part of your team and doesn't mm. know all the background and can't see that, oh, the next build will be better, just plays and is like, what the fuck am I playing? Like, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Also handing, handing stuff to YouTubers. So they handed it to YouTube 
influencers or YouTube channels or something. Is that right? Like they gave him a yeah, demo copy? Yeah, one was a YouTuber called uh, Super Bunny Hop, who's quite well known. Yep. Um, and then there was uh, a YouTuber called Dreamcast Guy. See, I feel as well that a lot of the time YouTubers are going to go to the extreme, especially if something's wrong with the game, to point out those flaws and make it a massive deal. I haven't seen what this footage is like and it could be actually super terrible. Oh, it sounds pretty terrible, Dan. Like, Yeah, I just think you know, it's a shitty marketing move <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean I, I think it's almost not the opposite but yes tear down videos do get a lot of views and get a lot of press but like these guys were chosen because they liked Skyrim and yeah, they wanted to talk about it they were, yeah. they were probably primed to be positive about it if if anything. But it was interesting reading all the problems because a lot of them just read like problems that a lot of games being either made for VR or adapted to VR are having. Yep. Like, you know, you you move through the game via teleporter and it's like that's really jarring unless you're playing a very particular kind of game like Job Simulator or, or whatever. The idea of running through the wilderness but you're like, oop, little teleport, oop, little teleport is not mm. how I want to be playing Skyrim or any other kind of open world game like that. Like I think they need an auto run like you used to have in WoW where it's just, okay, like any way I turn my head, I'm running, this happens, this happens, and it's like just a little toggle on your controller. I get that, but I think that is part of the problem why they don't use a running thing. It's not you pressing a button or like having an auto run. It's the feeling of... Your your eyes tell you you're running, but you are your your body yeah. isn't. It may be a motion sickness issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it, it definitely is. Yeah, and just um, you know, combat being really hard. So the example that one of the reviewers used was in the normal game, if you were jumped by like ten bandits, in in this you're jumped by like one, and they're really really easy, but still really hard to kill because the controls are garbage. And yeah, I guess just I found it. I mean, one, it's it's a shame, but also it is always fun to see a proper, you know, a proper fail of a of a port or or a, or a demo and i guess also you know people would be going through their back catalogs looking at what they can put on vr like as well as people making original games it's a lot of people yeah going how can we monetize this old game or this new game of ours and i guess this is just showing that that still comes with certain risks yeah i think that we're going to see a mirror of what happened and it continues to happen not so much anymore, but with the movie industry and, and 3D. With 3D films. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of people are like, oh, we're going to, we, we film this film normally, but 3D is so hot right now. We're going to aftermarket 3D it. So it kind of looks dark and it looks weird, but we can say it's 3D and we can charge more. And we're going to say at the top of the show that it's called real 3D because that's the name of the production house that adds the shitty 3D onto it <laughs> yeah. compared to stuff that's filmed in 3D like Avatar, for example. I think video games that are designed for VR will probably work a lot better than trying to tack on VR afterwards just, as you said, to look at that back catalogue and go, how can we squeeze this juice a little bit more? Yeah. And Skyrim's kind of the poster child for that. Everyone's making fun <laughs> of it, like, oh, it's going to appear on Switch. Oh, it's going to appear on VR. Oh, it's, it's probably going to appear on those um, little Game & Watch things you get out of cereal packets. Like, yeah. Skyrim is just done to death now. And, yeah, uh, and they've Bethesda had, like, needs to like, special editions and, like, HD editions, and the whole thing's a little embarrassing. They've their market. Yeah. yeah, they need yeah. to let it go. I mean, look, yeah. it, it, amazingly, though, it's probably still the best freeform medieval style rpg out there 
uh, like six years later or however the long Witcher? it's been out for. <laughs> yeah, what about The Witcher? Well, Witcher's yeah. not free form, though. It's, sure. it's, yes, it is, Charles. Mm, I disagree. In regards to the have variety... You I have. I've played Witcher 3 okay, extensively. Right. In regards to the variety and kind of freedom that you have in your character building and who you can be as a character, I feel like you're a Witcher. That's Yeah, that's you're, your you're, you're okay, playing I, I kind of get what you're saying. You're, you're, you're playing one person's thing. Yep. Sure. So there, eat your words. Point proven. <laughs> What's interesting is, is if we can go off on a tangent on Skyrim and, and RPGs for a moment um, that may we may cut. Uh, Emma said she didn't really enjoy Skyrim because you were the super special center of the universe character and everything hinged on you, whereas mm. as Geralt, you are already a fully formed character. And it's like, oh, you're Geralt. The world continues on without you, but it's, it's his story. Uh, Compare that to... You are the chosen dragonborn, and nothing seems to happen without you. Mm. Uh, it's yeah, just a very yeah. different kind of perspective in in those games. Yep. Yeah, and there is something like you know, in books or films or whatever, you are a, always are the you know the chosen one or the prophesized demon hunter or whatever. And um, and the occasional like Morrowind, I feel like you weren't that special. You mostly ran around doing kind of pleb quests. Like it obviously escalated near the end. But I don't think it was as extreme as Skyrim. Yeah, you were still the prophesized yeah. one that you would were, about you the were, Neverie but, and all that kind of stuff. You, you don't, like absolutely you were, but I guess that you started and you felt a bit more like a shit kicker. Mm. Whereas yep. Skyrim, you never quite felt like that in the same yeah, way. Yeah, they threw you straight into it. Yeah, yeah. But that's because people have less, like their attention spans these days are less. So really that's, that's an issue of the customer. But then chicken in the egg scenario with computer games, something we don't really have time to get into. Sure. Yeah, carry on. Very we'll good. Save that for game club nights. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. it. So my news are uh, following the trend of conventions. Apparently, it was it was the week for it. Uh, Gen Con fifty happened in America, uh, and Gen Con is the biggest American board gaming convention, which is very exciting for me uh, because it also involves miniature games. Uh, so a few things came out of it. Um, I, I we'll provide a link in the show notes. I won't go into the, the top 10 board games or anything like that, although it was good to see at number four of the link uh, that I've put up that it was actually an Australian publisher that Dan has had the pleasure of interviewing before at PAX. So that's yep. amazing. Do you want to just say who they are? Do you give them a shout uh, out? Is, is it Rule and Make? Rule and make, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's amazing for an Australian publisher to do yeah. so well. Uh, Congrats. And, and really put their foot forward at Gen Con. So that's great. Uh, the two big things for me that came out of Gen Con was that Rising Sun, the Japanese-style Simon uh, or Cool Mini or, <laughs> sounds like Simon, Cool Mini or Not <laughs> board game uh, that I kickstarted recently, that was available for play and all the reports were very praising, uh, and everyone said that it played excellently. So that only increases the hype and excitement for me about that one. And the other big reveal was F FFG revealing Legion. Everything's got a Legion nowadays. The yeah, like legions. the show? Like Yeah. No. So Legion is Star Wars Legion. FFG are right. releasing a... <laughs> with the yawn... <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, how fun. Uh, yeah. you, you'll play I mean, it's, this it's like and you'll more fucking Destiny love it. news. How exciting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a Star Wars tabletop miniatures game um, in a proper miniatures game sense, uh, i.e. you have units, you move them certain lengths, you fire at each other and all that kind of stuff. So people have wanted this for ages. So it's um, like X-Wing but with 
units. Like, yeah, correct. Yeah. Uh, and on a, a larger tabletop. So sure. people have wanted this forever. Uh, and it was kind of, I guess this has been in the making for a while. And it's it's finally going to be here in probably late 2017, more likely early 2018, depending on how long it takes to ship and stuff. But either way, I'm going to get deep into that. I've already got plans for tables I'm building for it. Uh, so wait out in your garage. news about yeah. <laughs> in my garage about Star Wars <laughs> Legion. Um, I'm actually reminded, I, I didn't mention it before, but just you talking about Kickstarters, I backed um, a new game from the guy that did Alice Madness Returns. Out of the Woods? Um, yep, Out of the Woods. Yeah, we the both fairy tale it. card game and book. So I think what? it looks gorgeous. Why and, would um, we both back it? Only one of us needs to. No, support I, the creator. I want to support the creator. That, and and I, I definitely want a copy of this. So, yeah, for sure. Um, me too. It, it looks, looks fantastic and it's right up my alley in terms of dark, you know, dark fables and all of that. So, um, yeah, very excited. And I think it looks like a really cool little new project from him. It does. It was getting a little tense near the end of that campaign, actually. I think it only just kind of met its funding goals near the end. Uh, I was yeah. a little worried it wouldn't, which would have been an absolute tragedy. But Also, did. there's... There's a fascinating psychological thing where it's like you have, in terms of Kickstarters, there's the hump, like the, there's, you know, the first really keen fans. And then there's that kind of two thirds point where, where most campaigns actually fail. Um, and then, cause once you get near the end, people are like, oh no, it's definitely happening and there's less risk. And then as soon as you hit your target and you're to stretch goals, your pledges go straight up because people know they're buying something, not hypothetically buying something. So there's definitely lots of challenges um, as a Kickstarter kind of uh, games company, I guess, to tweak it exactly the right way in the amounts you asked for, ask for, while still being able to make a game. It's weird that that psychological hump is there for purchases though, because if the Kickstarter doesn't get funded, you get your money back. I know there are some websites that don't have that, but... Yeah, it's like, oh, I don't want to even reserve my money if it's not going to. <laughs> well, I think it's that, it's well, if I'm not going to get it and it might not happen, why am I putting my money down? Because you're absolutely yeah. right. Like, you, there's actually no risk for you. But, like, I pressed buy on this because I really wanted to play this game and I was pretty sure it would get funded. If I thought mm. it wouldn't, then why am I bothering to put my credit card details yeah. in only to why get a refund four weeks later? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a weird psychological kind of barrier to entry, but it definitely is a thing. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yep. I get you. Cool. Excited cool. to see what that's all about if you've both mm. backed it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's all from us for our news. And we should talk about the Game Club Game of the Week. Seems like a thing we should do. So Prison Architect, as Catherine mentioned at the top of the show, is a it's essentially a city builder, but you're building a prison. And you have to manage the prison from its staff, guards, janitors, uh, where the walls are, how many cells you've got, how big those cells are. And uh, it's all in this sort of cartoony graphics. It was released in 2015, uh, developed by Introversion Software and Double Eleven. Won a bunch of awards, uh, like the BAFTA Games Award for Persistent Game. I don't know what that really means. Uh, (laughs) They tried really hard. (laughs) They just persisted. Or maybe it's for the fans that persisted through the alpha stages. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Uh, it's on PS4, Xbox One, PC, Xbox 360, and uh, I believe, is it on iPad yet? I'm not sure if this is iPad, iPad. iPad it is. <laughs> <laughs> Did you play it? So let's, I let's played it on iPad. iPad. I've also played it on Steam because I was one of the original alpha players. Me too. Oh, yeah. Me too. Oh, we're so cool. We're so cool. <laughs> this, is, this is how cool we are. <laughs> <laughs> 
Everyone see how cool we are. Okay. <laughs> so before we inflate your egos a little too far for being trendsetter. It's way too late for that, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Did you mostly... I am gaming. Yeah. Right, please go on. <laughs> Did you mostly play the campaign or did you mostly play sandbox? Sort of where did your where did your hours lie in this one? Both. Significant yeah. both. So originally the campaign when I first started playing it when it was back in Alpha, the campaign didn't exist, I don't believe. Yeah. Uh, in any yeah, form. No, so I, you just sandboxed the shit out of it. And I invested yeah. hundreds of hours into it and had a great time. This time mm-hmm. around, I actually just stuck to the campaign and played it right through. Um, and, and really enjoyed it. And so that was that was what I did. That was my thing. Yeah, I didn't, after sinking sort of so many hours into FTL, I didn't actually get too deep into Prison Architect, only around the sort of 20-hour mark. (laughs) (laughs) Noob. It's like your first prison. Uh, but I really enjoyed the the campaign. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that for a bit, Charles. You can probably talk. You and you and Catherine can talk more about it as you probably get a lot further than me. But you start off, and it's not really a tutorial. It's while it sort of encourages you to build. It's mostly just okay. First mission: build an electric chair. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And and you've already got a working prison, and it's just about sort of following instructions to to sort of build but you get this weird story based on polaroids of the uh, of the criminals that come into your uh to your system what do you guys think of the the story elements of the campaign i thought the story was really clever because they're actually they were all linked um all of the different stories were linked in one way or another whether it was so the first person that's getting executed is the guy who shot um the, the wife and the the lover. Uh, and then it mm-hmm. was, I can't remember the exact connection, but the lover was somehow connected to a different crime. I don't know. There were, there were links. I Each think of they the found linked. drugs at the scene of the crime that led yeah. to the That's right, the family. family or whatever, That's yeah. right. He was the son from the crime boss who, yeah, they found the drugs and it linked. So that was super <laughs> clever um, and subtle. It, it didn't really focus on it, but just a nice little little story link. But what I enjoyed the most about the story and the campaign was that it was super dark. Mm, it, it didn't yeah. pull any punches and it was super, super moody. Uh, whereas the gameplay is, of course, kind of light and fun and they're stabbing each other and it's hilarious because they're these tiny little people. Uh, but the story behind it was really dark. And the campaign was pretty, um, it kind of, as the game does in general, really highlighted the moral ambiguity of of how people run prisons, which is do you focus on reform or do you po- focus on punishment? Mm. Um, which is probably a question which we'll get into later as well because I'd be fascinated to see how you guys played the game. Mm -hmm. Um, But the the campaign definitely started to introduce some of those ideas. Like, okay, you have to put your prisoners through a certain amount of like after-school classes and blah, blah, blah. But also here you've researched this extra, you know, punishment level Um, and which one is more effective at controlling them and reforming them and getting them out of the prison or just locking them down and keeping Mm. to earn money off them. Earning as much Um, money as possible, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I think definitely it it's a game that it's really fun to play and also it makes you step back and think about the prison industrial complex and that's a pretty big ask for a little simulation game. <laughs> yeah, it achieves a lot for what it is, yep. certainly. Yeah, especially yeah. one that has, as, as Charles mentioned, these sort of cute little graphics and even when they're stabbing each other in the showers, you know, there's sort of cartoonish blood spurting everywhere. Mm. And you're like, oh, this is hilarious. This is a little cartoon. And then it's <laughs> you, know, you see the Polaroid of, of what happened, these shirtless tattooed mobsters and, you know, why they're doing this because of some sort of family gang thing. And then you're like, 
Ah, uh, yeah, this is not a great system. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I played a bit of the sandbox. The sandbox just dumps you right in, though. It's just, here's a blank space, build build a prison. Yeah. And as you said, there are those sort of different ways you can do it. A lot like other city building games where do you just build slums? And that's mm. and you maximize population and, and money that way, but everyone's really unhappy. So you have to build more jails or do you try and build the sort of this utopia, but you can't fit that many people in and it's not as cost effective. Um, yeah, so, I'd be interested to see yeah. what, what routes you guys went. So I had a mission five of the campaign. It's pretty much that blank slate. And so I went, I gave myself a new challenge, which was I wanted to build an only indoor prison where they never got to see the light of day. Jesus. And I didn't, yeah, <laughs> I, I got, I got pretty, I went to a bad place. Uh, and then I yeah. also didn't want to give them individual cells. I wanted to maximize oh, the dormitories. And I, no, holding cells. So I only put them in holding cells that I had rows and rows of bunks in. With like tiny like group toilets and showers at, at the at the back, like and I'd fit fifty prisoners to a minimal space room, um, and yeah, Good. and wanted to give it. <laughs> we played to, very different games. I wanted to give myself the <laughs> challenge of like how horrid I could make this prison while keeping them under control, and like so I had my guards with tasers and like body armor and packed packed people in like sardines, and it was amazing. How did it go? <laughs> it, it went really well. Um, but like, cause I've also played the reform prisons and you build nice luxury yeah. cells and you reward people for good behavior and all that mm. kind of crap. And look, that works. <laughs> that, <laughs> and that works really well too. So both systems work, but you have to play them in a different way. And obviously you're making yep. different moral choices when you do that. So I thought that was really clever. And I previously did that at the end there, not because I'm a sadistic human, kind of, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> but also to see if it would work and it did yeah it was great and i enjoyed it and i think that's the thing there are there's no right way or wrong way to play it um it you know there are obviously you need a certain amount of guards like there are certain minimum requirements but for everything else um yeah it's just events happen so i had the events mode turned on which is definitely a new thing that wasn't around in the alpha um and i felt like that kept the game kind of humming along a bit for more for me like i'd be like okay everything's going well i've got the right number of canteens all my cells are locked down you know regular searches (laughs) yeah like regular searches to stop escapes happening but then there's a virus that goes around or then i have to take all the radios out of every Ah. cell or yeah nice i didn't have that turned Um, on maybe i should have interesting yeah it was. It, it really added a lot to it because I think it added that tiny bit of story that um, was missing. Like obviously only the smallest bit, but it was just a call coming in from the mayor or a call coming in from you know the governor or whatever, um, saying, "Oh, this is happening. You need to do this." Or um, it just kept it chugging along that things would be fine, and then yeah, everything definitely. would go to shit. Um, and also slowly upping the types of prisoners I took. I really enjoyed that, like, I started with my minimum minimum security prisoners and then I just kind of slowly started increasing my in- intake of more dangerous ones to make the make the prison kind of harder to run. Mm. Do you get more money for higher security yes. pris- prisoners? Yeah, yeah but cool. the terms are usually longer, I think, as well. So, so you don't get the turnover because you get money when you get new prisons as well. There you go. See, so you also get more per juggled. day, though. So, like, there's not as much turnover, but you do, like, having max- maximum security person. Um, also, to be blunt, they're more likely to die than the minimum security ones. So, like, I think, <sighs> I think money-wise, <laughs> yeah, I think money-wise it definitely works out better to have the maximum yeah. security people in there. Nice. They're just way harder to deal with and you need more guards. So, yeah. What I found uh, really cool, and I ended up looking up some guides because uh, I was struggling for money a fair bit 
in in some respects with that whole turnover thing like you've got oh i'm gonna take people in but they're in my prison for so long Mm. just years and years that i can't afford to take more in without building more and it's sort of this endless grind you you know you can control the intake right yeah yeah but if i didn't take more on then i wouldn't be getting more money yeah gotcha yeah um and at least until I was able to build a workshop and then I just put them all to work and just make yep. them birdhouses or license plates <laughs> or whatever it is they do. And it's like, oh, I can make money from my prisoners. I'm sure this is a commentary somewhere, but it's really useful. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's definitely a commentary because the um, unpaid sliver, pr- sorry, the unpaid prison labor in America is this huge thing where it's like, so they basically work for like three cents an hour or something. Yep. Um, and they they undercut labor costs in the states that kind of have prisons that produce items because obviously they pay them far, far less than you have to pay real workers. So they're kind of the the illegal immigrant equivalent, except that they're prisoners and they can't leave. <laughs> <laughs> totally legitimate. But you're giving them skills, Dan. You're giving them skills. It's cool. Yeah, yeah I don't have a problem with it. <laughs> Loose. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a... a worry in terms of you kind of look at the um the logic and you're like this feels i know that this is a real thing but i'm gonna put them to work anyway <laughs> yeah because you kind of have to because otherwise your yeah. prison's gonna go under so it was it was those great pressures that really made you make some interesting moral ambiguity uh choices and i appreciated that i also like that there were those options where you could get a loan or you could get a fu- you know a, um, mm. a grant or something it's like oh you get this grant but you have to build uh, a doctor's area with X amount of doctors, or you have to, you get this grant, but you have to build a reform area. And mm. so it's like, oh, okay, there are ways you can get a bit of money and do that. But it also, the money is shaping your prison because it's, the money's meant to go towards those things. Mm. Yep. Um, and you can get, like like any good city simulator, uh, city building simulator, you can get pretty nitty gritty with your, um, your laws, I guess you would call them, or because you policies can, and yeah, your policies. Yeah. So you can obviously you can research new ones and whatnot, but you can go okay. Free time is between here and here. You know, eating is this time, and everyone must be in there sleeping at this time, or they must be working at this time, or locked in their cells at this time. Um, and if you want, you can really micromanage that down and, and try and find efficiencies. The level of control that you have over your prison is immense. In the, considering it's, it seems like such a simple game uh, on mm. from first view, uh, you can really go deep. I, I looked at some of the items you can get into, and I don't know how you access them, but there's actually logic engines you can put in with sensor pads and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, so you access yeah. those through electric doors. Like the remote-controlled yeah, nice. doors are how you get to all those logic pad things. Because I had a look at it and was like... I need that. If I was deep, deep in, sure, that's a little mm. bit too far for me. Like, it was like basically programming little <laughs> pre-done things. I'm like, yeah, okay, I've, it's, it's, I'm not going to go that far into this game. <laughs> but it's so cool that you can. Uh, I, yeah. There's just so much you can, tr- you can control and so many different options for your prison that not, you know, every prison will look different um, and you can run them in so many different ways. And that was really, really and also- interesting and impressive. Also, the depth to the game, like I'm sure, um, well, I know a lot of them would be randomly generated, but like if you click on the rap sheet, they all have different crimes. They Mm. react different ways. You know, there were certain prisoners that were, once I got a surveillance system going, I could see like who were the fearless ones. So if there was a fight, they'd wait in there and they wouldn't listen to the guards. And like I had kind of a 
a semi-boss level prisoner that was always causing trouble and I kind of eventually put in like 24-7 solitary. Yeah, um, nice. So, yeah, I mean, every – yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, every single um, prisoner had a rap sheet and you could search individually or punish or like really, really micromanage. Um, and there was just a depth to that game. It wasn't like, oh, they're all just little blobs, you mm. know. Yep. Yeah, which each is one was great. different. That's really yep. cool. Mm. Uh, I also <laughs> want to talk about the building mechanics. So the the prison management is one side, but you've got to build your prison first. Now a lot very of these satisfying. games, where it's very <laughs> satisfying. Just pulling out that first concrete foundation, you're just like, oh. But then at the same oh, time, you're like, oh, did I make that quite big enough to make sure the the items in my prison are symmetrical? Did that kill you yep. inside, Catherine? Yeah. <laughs> as I was uh, doing it, did, and sometimes there were they two have gaps a planning ability now. Yeah. So Correct. they never used to have the ability to plan, but now yep. they do, and it yep. solved a lot of my feelings. <laughs> yeah, and there's there's pre-built things Major you can do to make it easy. Yeah, correct. You can plan yeah. out an entire prison with fake drawings and then fill it in. It's really cool. Uh, and there's also quick build and cloning tools. So the building, it can be either as detailed as you want or as quick as you want, and I thought that was really clever as well. Uh, they've really increased the, the options you have for building your prison. In I definitely there. think they, they needed that. From memory, when I first played the game, they had similar kind of tools. I think they might have had a cloning one, but they didn't have the pre-built stuff. Yep. And for someone who, if you've just dropped into the game in Sandbox, you go, okay, now what? How, you know, it kind of tells you it needs to be big enough to house a toilet, a table, a toilet, a bed, and a, and a door or whatever. Mm. But having the pre-built ones and going like, oh, okay, that's that's kind of the average or that's the small version, and then building from there, I think, uh, for myself, that, that really helps compared to just having a blank slate and being paralyzed for choice of, oh, crap, yeah. how big should I make this thing? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought, like, look, I played the alpha when it came out, which is obviously a number of years ago, and then the version I played was the iPad version. So I suspect it was um, a little bit different to the PC PC one. In fact, I'd be surprised if it wasn't. Um, but it was really interesting to see the things that had changed with the game and improved and like the amount of options, the amount of rooms, the, you know, the policies and, and just how much they'd added over what must have been, what, three or four years of development from when the mm. alpha came out. Yep. Um, and all for people that honestly had paid for the game once already. So, I mean, I, I think it's kind of an example of when alphas go right in terms of um, you had a game and it was really rough and you built a little prison and it was really basic and then suddenly it it's this fully-fledged game that's obviously had huge feedback from the community about what they wanted to see and what they wanted to be able to do in their own prisons. Um yeah, I mean, and I just remembered actually it, it all came about from that really famous trailer for Prison Architect where they just said, we have all these bugs and we need help. This is what's happening. You know, our prisoners are in the canteen fighting. Why are they all naked? We're not sure. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, and it it was one of the very first alpha games and um, I think it stood up really well and, you know, cut to how many years later, it's it's a really, really sophisticated um, resource management game with that's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. That's the important one. Just super yeah. fun. Especially there, with the popularity of Orange is the New Black, I think they released a f- women's prison version as well. Oh, really? And yeah. The prisoners yeah, can so have babies and yeah. I played I played the women's prison version. Um, it actually annoyed me a bit, obviously, um, <laughs> that I couldn't have that option in the default ones, so in the mm. campaign. But as soon as I could sit in the sandbox one, I, um, I started up a female prison. 
Uh, it was, I mean, look, it was basically the same. The main difference was you had certain prisoners coming in that had to go in special rooms called family rooms um, and had to be fed in rooms called nurseries that were kind of like canteens. Um, they took up a little bit more room because it was like the size of a normal dormitory um, but would just house one prisoner. And it meant that I had prisoners that were sitting in the holding cells or just in the reception actually for days and days because they didn't have a suitable <laughs> spare room. Yep. Um, and what that meant was that I didn't have a spare room with which had a cot in it. Mm. Um, so yeah. it just added a level of complexity really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it was pretty much exactly the same except when the prisoners got naked, there were little boobs. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes, other than the good. babies. Yeah. <laughs> Charles is Excellent. restarting his game right now. <laughs> yeah, this changes everything. Uh, now, do we want to move on to things that we didn't like so much? Uh, sure. Yeah. Things that could be improved. Yeah. So I, Kath- I think mm. for me, it was the whole tutorial slash campaign um, in that, it really is a game that kind of – it's like if you walked into a board game that had been playing for 10 hours already and you were desperately trying to catch up. Like by the time I got to the sandbox section, I felt like, like okay, yep, I vaguely remember how to run a prison and what to do and like here's the basics, like change the regime time and, you know, change this policy for the food thing or whatever. And I started a new prison and there were just so many options and I hadn't been taught about any of them and I was looking at the Wikipedia page every second. And there are some people that love that style of gaming, but I definitely do want to be handheld a little bit more. Um, I, I wanted, you know, it's it's like using the programming example of like those um remote activated doors where you could, you know, do certain tricks with them. The game would never, ever teach you that. That would be a mm. thing that you would have to go up and look in, on YouTube. It yep. would never it, – it would never and didn't have little sections about how to build different aspects of your prison or how to, you know, use the surveillance tab or any of that. It just pushed you straight in and I felt like I drowned a little bit as a result. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I'm on a similar board just when it comes to the campaign – I expect a campaign to have a ramp up in difficulty and teach you the mechanics of the game one at a time or a handful at a time, hopefully without having a, hey, hey, you know, you have to do this and have to do this um, yeah. to, to progress like a lot of those mobile games have. But <laughs> introducing mechanics slowly a la, you know, just Super Mario hey, you need to, you know, first we introduce jumping and then we introduce this and then we sort of have a combination of the two. I think the campaign really could have benefited from that. That whole, hey, you're in new prison, we need to get started, uh, maybe. Instead of just, okay, here's the mission where you make an electric chair and then next mission there's a canteen fire or there's someone, uh, you've already got everything set up. So it was a bit it was a bit weird yeah. to have to manage sort of rooms that I hadn't ever seen before. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, and I think maybe this stems from the fact that it was in alpha for so long, and they had yeah. the they had the sandbox for that, right? Like you, you just they had, had a the slow ramp could, up. That, yeah, yeah. Whereas people who were already invested, already playing, they're the people that got onto the campaign when it was finally finally released. So maybe if it had that ramp up, it would have been too slow for them. Uh, however, I feel it leaves sort of newcomers uh, in the in the cold a little bit. Yeah, that, yeah, that's I an agree. interesting choice for games that um, they, they face a lot in the board game world as well with the tutorial is what kind of game uh, are you making this game for? 
Um, and if you make the tutorial too easy, too simple, and too drawn out, people will lose interest. Uh, oh, a lot of gamers will lose interest. So it's kind of finding that that sweet spot between the two types of gamers um, because, you know, one people will play a game for sometimes an hour and then that's all they'll give it if the tutorial is too long and too boring and they're done. Yep. So I, I'm, I've, I've played a lot of Minecraft in my time and that was kind of one of my favorites. So I'm very used to that idea of a game giving you absolutely nothing and having to, and I love survival games and having See, to go I hated Minecraft research. for that reason. So <laughs> yeah, so there you go. So you but, and I are very different types of gamers and, and I think they've found the sweet spot between the two. Uh, where they're going to piss off both of us, but they're at least going to keep mm. both of us playing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I think definitely not making the campaign compulsory, but just like this is the level where you learn how to use canteens and the library or whatever. Yeah, like, sure. I, I reckon maybe out of all of the rooms that were suggested, rooms that were actively kind of explained with maybe like a quarter, if that. Mm. And then yep. even so, you know, like, I got to the prison logistics section and suddenly I could control where my canteen went and my food and like the game at no stage explained that to me. Um, yeah, actually I did have a, a task from a grant that said I had to give different types of meals to my prisoners and I'm just like, I have no idea how to do that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to ignore that. So yep, yeah, that's okay. in the policy section. Like, yeah, there you go. Um, yeah. And again, like it's an incredibly sophisticated game and I think a lot of that stuff really is a result of most people that play it have been, they were there when dormitories were introduced. So they played around with it a bit. And they were there yep. when female prisoners were introduced like a year ago. So they figured that stuff out. Like it has been a slow build for them. And then for someone that comes in in the middle, you're just like, what? Like, <laughs> what is this? What am yeah. I doing? Why are they we've, dying? <laughs> we've talked about that offline. Sort of the, um, the problem with early access games is that the people who are super invested and super on board in that alpha stage usually do get drip fed that content and so it gets released to them and there's, there's something interesting whereas yeah someone who who comes in late um can either miss out in the in terms of of learning these different mechanics uh or the other way around people who were in the alpha can get burnt out on on the game and not see its final version um yeah either way i mean mm. this this game is uh, as the bafta game said persistent i don't know what that means but it maybe means <laughs> people stuck around um uh, <laughs> The, the sandbox has a lot to offer, but you like like you said, you have to be willing to maybe have a Wikipedia open in the other window. Yeah, yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, and be ready to look things up, which I don't know, I'm not a huge fan of. I like a game to be intuitive and teach you, but uh, games like Minecraft and whatnot, eventually, if you can't figure it out by yourself, you're probably going hit to that, hit that wiki. Mm. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, the, the other thing for me that was a little bit relevant was that it was very buggy. Um, and you know, the UI was pretty clunky in a lot of ways. And I have this weird, like I pre-built a canteen and then that, that pre-built like little ghost, um, thing of like where everything's going to go is just stay there, even though it's now a fully functional canteen and has been for, you know, half the game. Um, mm. and there's no way for me to fix that. So that's, I'm not sure if that's more specific to iPad or if it's just like, cause I went online to look up to look up solutions and it was all like, we'll edit the game save file on oh, your yeah, PC. Great. And I'm like, okay, well, that doesn't quite work for me. Yeah. And then you're like, but I'm an iPad gamer. And then they just spit at you for then the next, they spit you know, at me, yeah. 20 comments. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're a disgrace. But I mean, that said, it was a perfect game for iPad. Like it was so like you just touching and drawing and, and mm, putting yep. foundations down was, it was really well suited to it. It just felt like, 
the port needed like one more bug pass, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys get into the mods? Obviously, uh, playing on iPad, I, I assume you don't have access to yeah. mods, but no. it's quite big in the um, Steam oh, Workshop. That's interesting. I uh, didn't even look. I didn't even think to look, but awesome. They have a lot of uh, customization tools. I think people have gone and made... Um, I'm just trying to look up some of them now. I remember seeing some when I was logging in. Uh, people have made, you know, famous prisoners or, um, you know, DC Marvel superhero prisoners and things like that. So, and, and added cool. extra kinds of rooms. And of course, cheats. You know, if Charles is playing, he might want to download some of those cheats. <laughs> I do like, I, I do give in to cheats. I'm a sucker for cheats. You gave in to cheats? No, not in this game. Oh my not God. in this game. No, this is, this is last week in FTL when I, okay. I originally played it on the PC. I, uh, I, I got a, a trainer thing and, and unlocked all the ships. And I hated myself for it, but flipped. Yeah, that's and embarrassing. Loved it. That's yeah. embarrassing. Ah, oh, the shame. <laughs> you don't yeah, really I think, care. No, I think we lost it. like a hundred subscribers just based on <laughs> Charles admitting that he, he uses cheats. Almost definitely. Yep. All right, cool. Yeah, well, you've well, lost it's... me as a fan, Charles. <laughs> you are my biggest fan. So <laughs> expect to be. If, if, if city building and uh, resource management is your kind of game, I think this would be a hearty recommend from most of you guys. Yep. Is that right? Yeah, oh, definitely. Sure. If, if, if you, you like enjoy the Sims, fun. yeah. If you like killing your Sims, locking your Sims in a room with no doors. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. If you were always that Sim player that's like, how can I fuck with my Sims the most? Then this is the game for you. <laughs> who, who wasn't that player? I mean, come on. Lots ah. of people, Charles. <laughs> oh, they're the worst people. Yeah, I don't want anything you, to do with those people. Did you hear the quote from the lead developer of The Sims when he got told that so many people liked removing doors or removing <laughs> those pool steps? Do you know what he said? I didn't, no, what did he say? Oh, it seems like some people really enjoy exploring the fail state. Thanks. It's a pretty good burn. <laughs> yeah, if you're killing your Sims, you are, you are failing. <laughs> exploring the fail state, yeah. I yeah. mean, that sounds like my life, so... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right. Well, uh, another thing you could spend hours and hours on is listening to an audiobook. And so we're going to have a little pay to win section in this podcast. If you go to audibletrial.com slash game club, you could get a free audiobook of your choice. And just by signing up for free, uh, the Game Club podcast sees a little bit of money from Audible. Charles, if you were locked in prison, but were somehow able to still listen to audiobooks, which one would you want to listen to? I'm listening to one at the moment, which I can't remember the name of. Oof. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's a one with thieves, uh, thieves, if you will, and it's got Locke Lamore in it. Hit me, Catherine. Uh, what am I talking um, about? Yeah, yeah. The Lies of Locke Lamore. Boom. There we go. That's what I'm listening to. And it's pretty good. Uh, it's, you know, it's no Star Lamora. Wars. Lamora. Lamora. Yeah, because Star Wars is yeah. better than anything. But The Lies of Locke Lamora is an excellent audio book to listen to. That is an I excellent, an excellent series. Yeah. Mm. Cool. And so you well can head over read. to audibletrial.com slash game club, look up Locke Lamora and, uh, and find that one and get downloading. And if it's crap, tweet at Charles and just say, <laughs> you wasted my one free audio book on this crap. I can't believe it. Yeah, feel free. Mm. Mine would be um, one that I've listened to once or twice, but I've read many, many times, um, which would be Good Omens because the show is in production as we speak, I believe. So I think it's a good time to to is get back Neil into Gaiman the Good again? Omens world. Yep. Yeah, yep. man. He must be making a lot of money. 
good for yeah, him. He's he's actually show running the Good Omens show. So um, Ooh, how exciting. yeah, I'm 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 very excited. It's a, I think it's a six parter. Um, but yep. Yeah, yeah after times. after American Gods and now Good Omens. Um, we well, didn't show run American Gods. He was no, I mean, obviously very involved, but um, I think Good Omens story, is him sure. even more involved. Yeah, yeah. loves it. Awesome. Uh, I will. We've recommended it on the show before, but I'll recommend American Gods mostly because uh, now who's repeating books? It's you. <laughs> yeah, but the character starts off in prison and uh, spends okay. a bunch of time yeah, well in played, prison well in yeah, the workshop. So it's, it's thematically pretty tied to Fine. this episode. Um, one more thing I want to talk about the pay to win. You can send us a message and we may read it out on the podcast. We got a five-star review on iTunes by Phaedron uh, in the US version of iTunes. Uh, commented saying, it's like a book club for games. And he's <laughs> absolutely correct. That was a subject so spot of his on. review. <laughs> uh, their, their review, I should say. Uh, and they they said, this podcast does everything right. So oh, thanks, Phaedron. That's kind. Kind think, and possibly I think incorrect. They, uh, Good they made you. that comment probably based on the episode with Josh in it. So maybe we should. Uh... <laughs> Interesting. It's fine. It's no fine. one's surprised. No one's surprised at all. Not even I'm surprised. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Phaedron, for, for that comment. If you have a comment uh, you want us to read out on the podcast, the best way to do it is to leave us a five-star review on iTunes because then we're probably going to read it or you can send us money and I'll probably read it out as part of some kind of advertising sting. <laughs> if, yeah. you get a, if you get an envelope and put cash in it with a message and drop that in my mailbox, hey, I'll read it out. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a journalist. I don't need integrity. <laughs> That's it. Uh, wow. Of course, you can also send us messages on Patreon and whatnot. I assume you're smart enough to figure out how all that works. And with that, we will close down the pay-to-win section for this episode. So, overall thoughts of the game. Are you, is it a must-play as an indie title, Catherine? I think it is. I If, if you enjoy this kind of resource management-y style game, I would put this in the solidly must-play. Like, I... As much as I have all my criticisms about the campaign and what have you, I've probably put about 40 hours into it. So mm. I clearly really, really enjoyed this game. Yep. I would say this is the definition of the perfect alpha to beta to release game. Uh, and therefore, it deserves to be played as an indie title. Must play. I'm going to go against the grain and say, eh, <gasps> not a, like, I, I agree with all your sentiments that it You're is. You're smart enough for the game, Dan. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I'm it's your out. fault. It's your fault, not <laughs> the game's fault. Um, <laughs> I, I agree with Charles that it is this sort of perfect idea of how a game should go from alpha to beta to release and stick with its community and build new iterations and provide them for free to people who've already paid like not charging them extra for these extra features mm. however i've just gotten a lot of enjoyment out of different city simulators and building simulators uh, mm -hmm. so i don't think this would be the one that i would say you have to buy this one um Fair call. yeah i just uh, with the whole tutorial thing and, and whatnot if i was going to onboard someone i think i'd choose something different and um and the idea of the prison system just isn't as thematically appealing to me so uh if that's your jam, 100% get on board. It is a quality game that works and you can have a lot of fun and sink many, many hours into it. But if you're like me and you want maybe something a little bit different, there are those other options out there. So uh, you can save, save your dollar dollar bills. Reasonable <laughs> points, Dan. Reasonable points. Yeah. Yep. If not wrong. All right. <laughs> um, recommendations for other, for other games that people might, might like to play if they played this? Yeah, go. Sure, Catherine, you've got a whole bunch. Let's start it off. Well, I think my first one is Fallout Shelter because it's um, 
it's a very similar kind of resource management style game with little people that you control and that you build up. It's a little bit less punishment-based, kind of. You still punish them. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, yeah, it's very similar. Um, and then just for a little bit of fun, The Escapists, because I just saw um, number two has just been released, so it's actually really good timing. Um, but it's a very, very similar art style to Prison Architect, except it's the other side. You're trying to escape from the prison. So it's a, a nice little twin if you've, um, after you've been trying to stop prisoners escaping for all of these hours, you can play a game where you're the one trying to escape. That looks really cool. Uh, I don't think I've, oh, maybe I have seen that before very briefly, but mm. certainly I'm, I'm more interested now, especially because I'm interested in looking at making for my next board game, a prison escape board game. Uh, ah, cool. So that, that yep. might be Should something I'll have them. to look into. Yeah, yeah. very nice. Great recommendation, Catherine. Thank you. It's a rare win. <laughs> <laughs> well, well done. Uh, Dan, you got some recommendations for us? Absolutely. So on more of the city building uh, aspect of this game, I recommend City Skylines. Uh, really also, if, you, if you're a big fan of SimCity and what yeah. SimCity was. It's very solid. Very solid game to play. Huge iterations coming out all the time. A lot of management you can really drill down in. And uh, it... Again, it doesn't have much in the way of sort of a campaign, but it does build up like, hey, now you're going to start building neighborhoods and then you unlock better types of neighborhood or or better types of industrial area and things like that. And so you start expanding outwards. Yeah, and I was- feel like the name for that game is a misleading title. It should really be named <laughs> Sim Highway uh, because the biggest challenge of that game for me was making sure the highways worked uh, and the cars didn't just jam up all over the place. And just like Prison saying. Architect gives you sort of an insight into, wow, the prison system's kind of messed up. City Skylines gives you an insight into, wow, traffic management's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Next time you're in traffic, you'll feel much better about it. Those arterial roadways and and sort of setting up ways for people to do it um, and also giving them, giving people off ramps and then going like, why are you... Why are you taking that? That's that's a bad way to navigate. Why, you NPC? <laughs> because <laughs> someone's never taken a wrong turn ever. Exactly. Uh, how dare they? Yeah. Um, the so that's a big, big fun in one. If you want sort of that big macro scale city builder, uh, the other one I wanted to recommend is Evil Genius, uh, which is yeah, more good. of a base building, almost like a dungeon keeper style game. But you're a stereotypical evil boss. Uh, evil person from like a James Bond movie. So you can be sort of the bald guy with the scar or the weirdly oriental one or the the crazy femme fatale and you build a base with your minions and on this island or in a hollowed out volcano and you sort of have to manage all their research and the missions you send your goons on and uh, and an evil he- well good guy heroes breaking in trying to un- undo your evil plans uh, and, and managing power and, and other assets and things like that. So that's a, that's another fun one if you want to be sort of like that comical uh, but dark side uh, game. Now, I want to play all of these games. So the, the <laughs> game that I'm re- recommending, uh, RimWorld, I'll briefly touch on. I have recommended this before, but it actually uses, I believe, the same engine as Prison Architect. It looks very similar. It looks very similar. So I can only assume it's either made by the same guys or they, they grab the engine off them. Uh, and it's essentially Prison Architect, but instead you've crash-landed your a group of survivors that have crash-landed on a planet uh, and you're building essentially your base on this planet and trying to survive. Um, and the other one I'm going to recommend is an old school title called Theme Hospital. Now, if you've somehow not played Theme Hospital, you are cheating yourself. <laughs> I have a pillar of gaming. 
podcast. No. Stop the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> You're out. Um, uh, I actually just yeah. clicked through to Evil Genius, and that was one of my favorite games going up. Like, I have not thought about that game in years, so I'm right. totally going to cool boot that up and give it a go. We well, yeah. why don't we maybe look at that as a future game that we play uh, after we've we've done a few different ones. But uh, yeah, so theme hospital, like prison architect, but you're making a hospital and you've got sick people coming in and you're managing all the different rooms and, and trying to heal them and, and the hilarity that ensues. And that yeah. is our game recommendations. I want to touch on theme hospital and just sort of expand sure. on that a bit. You can't let it go. Uh, it was given away for free uh, on Origin, which is EA Games' mm, thing. Yeah. Um, or, you know, if you did own the original CD but lent it to a friend <laughs> and they lost it, uh, you could also... Maybe just get it there. Uh, yeah, I that's also, one way to get it back. Maybe never. No, I did. Yeah. I did play Theme Hospital. I'm back on board. You back yeah. on board. I played the shit oh, out of that goodness. game. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Good. <laughs> I actually downloaded after I got Theme Hospital on Origin. You can get an update, uh, an unofficial update called TH Core Six, and uh, that that updates the game so to run well on 1080p monitors oh, and nice. it adds a lot of functions like save states and things like that, um, and speed up and slow down time that adds sort of those functionalities we've become used to in these kind of games. Yeah, that didn't um, exist in 1997 or yeah, when we played this game. Yeah, when Bullfrog was making it or, or yeah. whatever. Um, and on RimWorld, there's something out there, I think someone's shared it to me, it might have gone around your, your kind of forums, Charles, where a group of people, because RimWorld is a single-player game, Yep. but they would play a day's worth, save the file, send it to the next person in their friendship group, and they would play a day's worth. That's really cool. And then sort of give recounts to each other of what happened. And so you'd, you'd boot it up and be like, why is half the survivors dead? <laughs> and That's it an interesting way of playing like, game. One yeah, of you cool. might be evil killing off your survivors <laughs> or sending <laughs> your, your least favorite survivors out to do all the dangerous <laughs> stuff. It's um, always me. <laughs> yeah. So just that aspect of it uh, kind of intrigues me of, uh, of checking out RimWorld. Nifty. Cool. All right. Well, uh, that is the end of our discussion for Prison Architect. Uh, but we have a very important segment that everyone loves coming up next. It is the <gasps> quiz. The quiz. All right. Oh, my God. I thought After we were going to skip the quiz. <laughs> uh, you're oh. getting really dense. After my epic victory last week from the quiz. Uh, By a I just- million points, I think. By a million points, I destroyed Josh, and it was the best thing that's ever happened to me. It was such a comeback, too. It was, oh, it was beautiful. Uh, so He's this probably week still I'm, sad about that. Yeah, almost <laughs> definitely. Uh, this week, I am the quiz master, and because of the prison theme of Prison Architect, we're going to have a quiz about prison slang, oh, which, will, which will be wonderfonderfully hilarious in our very uh, white middle-class worlds that we exist in, uh, and we'll see how we go. Now, Catherine might have a slight advantage in this. We'll, we'll soon find out, uh, but... Here we go. So I'm going to give you uh, three options for each one and uh, and you'll get to pick and you obviously both get to pick and I'll tell you if you're right or wrong and points will be had. So for our first question, uh, prison slang, a cowboy is one of the following, a smuggler, a dangerous inmate or a new correctional officer. Catherine. New correctional officer. Dan. Um, I'm going to say a smuggler. One point, Catherine. Ooh, using her skills. You're, pre- you're pretty bad. <laughs> Is this because Catherine. Catherine did time that I don't yeah. know about? Or? <laughs> Quite possibly. 
She I mean, we that. established that I had a dream where I left my ha- my house for the rats, and I'm like, it's their house now. So I don't know that <laughs> you wouldn't do great in prison. The slang no. probably wouldn't help you so much. Yeah, no, I think it's probably rats. because I've worked on a prison-based TV show is what Charles That's is implying there. Probably <laughs> what I'm alluding to. If Dan ever listened to the the crap that comes out of your mouth, maybe you'd know that. Yeah, he but he's chosen so. not to. That's fair. All right, one point, Catherine. Zero points, Dan. Backdoor parole is taking a communal shower. Dying in prison or taking a dump? Catherine. Well, can't you go with Dan first? I always go first. Dan, over to you. Catherine, <laughs> bowing under pressure. Back no, not bowing to pressure. Backdoor parole. I can tell you. Oh, I think it's dying in prison. Yeah, I'm going to say it's Catherine's. dying in prison. There we well. go. Point each. Catherine Woo! on two, Dan on one. I'm just saying, Backdoor ask parole Dan is first next prison. time. <laughs> 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 You're ridiculous. All right, roadkill. <laughs> roadkill is prison food, cigarette butts, or toilet paper. Catherine, I'm gonna say God. food. Yeah, no, Catherine, I'd answer first. You both going? <laughs> it's food. <laughs> you both going, going prison food? food? Roadkill yep. is actually cigarette butts. Uh, mm. I.e., when they're out working on the roads, they pick up cigarette butts and bring them back. Uh, See, that's an American thing, though, because Australians don't do the thing where they force you to go. Did I say it was Australian prisons? No, I'm just saying. (laughs) It's just trying to negate your obvious advantage you have for spending time in Australian prisons. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly. Right, so zero points for both of you on that one. Uh, But Catherine is at two, Dan is at one. Peels are your lips, i.e. keep your peels closed. Your jumpsuit, i.e. can't wait to get out of these peels. See what I'm doing here? I'm putting in lingo. Or mm. your court case appeal. Got my peels coming up. Catherine. <laughs> I'm going to say jumpsuit. Dan. Um, yeah, I'm going to say the court case. Oh, Catherine jumps to three to Dan's oh, one. No. Oh, this is embarrassing, Dan. You're Most of this smashed. is just logic. I'm like, what would I slang it as? Yeah. <laughs> if I was your, one of the yeah, youths. If you were terrible at naming things. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> well, Apparently it's a maybe, weird skill. I can pick other yep. people's names. <laughs> Prisoners clearly aren't that creative. Uh, all right. If someone's hey. <laughs> got jigs, their job is either working in the prison kitchen, being a drug dealer, or acting as lookout. Catherine. Oh, I say acting as lookout. None of them Dan, really jump out at me, though. Got, got jigs. jigs. Working in prison kitchen, drug dealer or lookout? Uh, I'm going to say drug dealer. There you go. Catherine jumps to four oh to Dan's <laughs> one. Can you, can you guys hear the crying munch in the background? Yeah, yeah. she's really and upset that Catherine's got this on Catherine's winning, yeah. She is not happy about this. All right, well, I had a bonus question, which we just do not need to go to. But no, do it. It's going to anyway. be worth five points. No, Charles, don't be a dick. <laughs> bonus Australian slang question. Australian slang. See how I differentiated there. A scrim is either an irritating cellmate, an arrogant prisoner, or an informer. I'm going to let Dan go first this time. Oh, God. Well, I know a scrim is a non-league version of an esports match, but... Um, <laughs> Look at you with your cool slang. Yeah, that's right. Um, a scrim. I'm just going to say a shitty shitty roommate. <laughs> an irritating cellmate. Catherine? Sure. Uh, can you give me the options again? Yeah, an irritating cellmate, an arrogant prisoner, or an informer. 
I'm going to say an informer. I'm going to say informer. You are both incorrect. It is uh, a big-headed, arrogant prisoner. Yeah, but so most importantly, I'm still the winner. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> most importantly, Catherine is still the victor on four points to Dan's one. Well done, Catherine. Back to my, my quiz mastery. Yeah, well done. Your, your sweet prison slang skills. I'm impressed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that just, is I'm the just quiz watch, for this I'll week. I'll just say watch yourself in the shower, Catherine. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Creepy. Also, the other day in the shower, a daddy long legs fell on me. Oh, Onto that's my- why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Better watch out for more of that. Gotta- <laughs> daddy <laughs> sneak, sneaking, I, sneaking spiders in the vent system. It did not go well. <laughs> nice. Just- for me, for the spider, no one won. <laughs> but they're, they're harmless, Daddy Long Legs. Like, they can just crawl yeah. all over you. Do you really want them on you in the shower, though? Like, right. unexpectedly dropping from the ceiling onto like you. Instead, yes, I guess not. Like, instead of water, <laughs> just spiders comes out. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, good quizzing, though. Good, congrats, Catherine. Yeah, well done, Yeah, Catherine. you're welcome. Well you're welcome. It's pretty great. <laughs> uh, so, next time on Game Club... We actually ran a poll. Um, the three options for the poll were XCOM, Enemy Within, uh, Bastion, and Stardew Valley. And by a resounding success, thanks to the votes on our Facebook group, Bastion is going to be the game we're playing Woo-hoo. next on our game Exciting and stuff. Yeah. Have you guys played Bastion before? Sure I have. I have, but a number of years ago, yeah. Many years ago. It is, uh, does have an iPad version as well if people want to play along with us uh, who yeah, take the Catherine Road. Uh, yep. Of course, if we've, if you played it before, it did come out a while ago. Uh, the PC version is also quite excellent. And mm. uh, make sure you're wearing headphones or make sure you have your sound turned on. As uh, Yeah, I listen to that soundtrack all the time, actually. So it's all about the music. Exciting. Yep. Mm-hmm. Great. Cool, cool. So uh, thank you for listening and uh, please check us out on iTunes. Leave us that review, as we mentioned. You can follow us on Twitter. Catherine, where can they shoot you some prison slang? <laughs> they can shoot me some prison slang at CS McMullen on Twitter. And Charles, where can they ask parole questions? <laughs> I'm watching you try to be creative. I'm like, Seamless. Dan, no, this isn't your strong suit. <laughs> they can tweet me parole questions at Charles Bryce. And uh, if you just want to bag on me for my terrible performance in the quiz, you can tweet at me at <laughs> NFG Dan, uh, and you can follow the podcast at Game Club Cast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in two weeks' time with some, some of the boy in Bastion. See y'all then. Bye.